What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having a fantastic day. No NBA stuff on this one. We're going to tackle all the NBA in-season tournament stuff on Wednesday. Today it is all football, all NFL. A lot of stuff happened on Sunday. I can't wait to get into all of it. Here we go. this podcast in the NFC, really more of the NFC East. I don't know if you watched the Sunday Night Football game last night, but the Dallas Cowboys absolutely ripped through the Philadelphia Eagles. Dak Prescott now the overwhelming favorite to win the MVP this year, odds at plus 150 on FanDuel, which is really surprising. I He's not my MVP, it's still Lamar Jackson. We can get into that at a later date, though. Let's look at the odds on FanDuel for the top three teams predicted to win the NFC. And it's exactly who you would assume that it would be. The 49ers are favored to win the NFC. They are plus 120 to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That's insane. The Eagles follow behind them at plus 330. Even after losing to the Cowboys the way that they did last night, the Cowboys come in third at plus 430. And over these past couple weeks, people have very quickly switched bandwagons, hopped off one train, got on another and especially when it comes to the Eagles, it feels like people are jumping on this 49ers to the Super Bowl train a little early. And after last night, just you know, from what I can tell from my social media feed, it feels like people are abandoning the Eagles ship to hop on this Cowboys train. And let me just tell you right now, I wouldn't do that yet. It is always better to be late than to be early. I don't know about you. I went to a few parties when I was in college. Nothing crazy. First party I went to, I was early, and it was terrible. Okay, it's awkward. Everybody's standing around, all weird. No one really knows what to do with their hands. It's not great. I was like, I'm never showing up early to a party ever again. Every other party after that, I was at least 15, 20 minutes late, sometimes 30 minutes late, just kind of depending on what I had going on. And those parties, way more fun, because as soon as you show up, you're cruising, you're having a good time. Let's start with the 49ers. They ripped through their first five games of the season. They then lose three in a row, fall to five and three. People are panicking. And what did all three of those games have in common? They had players get hurt. Uh, players who tend to get hurt got hurt, and that is what happened. And when that happened, Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy was noticeably worse. Okay, the 49ers at plus 120 to win, the, to win the NFC is insane. They are plus 260 to win the Super Bowl. That is far and away the lowest odds. 49ers plus 260, followed by the Ravens at plus 600. I mean, just a huge gap there between the two teams. And the issue that I fall into is the 49ers, their key players all have a lengthy injury history. And the 49ers can only win the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle all stay healthy. That's the only way it's going to happen. All five of those players have to stay healthy. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle, what do they all three have? A long, lengthy injury history. And injury luck always plays a role in who wins the Super Bowl. Let's look at the Eagles from last year. They played one game all year. No, no, excuse me. They did not play a game all year last year where they had three or more starters missing. That is why they represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. They were just healthier than everybody else. 
And looking at this 49ers team and knowing the players that they have, do you really trust them to be healthy walking into the playoffs? I sure don't. Okay, there's still a month left in the season. They still have to play four more games. And I just have a hard time believing that the 49ers are going to walk into the playoffs with all five of those guys healthy. Okay, and then let's look at their five-game win streak, right? Because that's really kind of when things started juicing back up. People started hopping back on this 49ers train, right? They come off of a bye week. They beat the Jaguars 34-3, the wishy-washy Jaguars, right? And then they beat the Buccaneers, who have a losing record. And then they beat the Seahawks, who have a losing record. And then they crush the Eagles, 42-19. That's really when people are like, oh, wow, look at look at the 49ers. That's that's a big win. We're going to get to the Eagles game here, here in a minute. And then they beat the Seahawks again on Sunday, who have a losing record and had to play Drew Locke quarterback. Now, before I say what I'm about to say, let me first say, it is hard to win five games in a row, especially in that dominant of a fashion. But I don't think these wins have been that impressive given who they have played. The 49ers are good. Don't mishear me on that. But they are not. Plus 260 to win the Super Bowl good. No way. There's no way. Before we get to that Eagles game, let me let me touch on the Cowboys as well. Another team that people are flocking onto the bandwagon of. The Cowboys have been blowing teams out all year. Okay, over like their five they're on a five game win streak. Over the course of the win streak, they've scored an average of like forty and a half points a game. Okay, the offense has really been clicking. Um, and I think people are really excited because the Cowboys finally beat a good team. Okay, they finally beat a team with a winning record. It's the Eagles, and now everybody in Dallas is partying like it's nineteen ninety six. Okay, I can hear the victorious yells from Cowboy fans across the country. The Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. The Cowboys, they're they're going to the Super Bowl. There's no way anybody can beat us, right? And I think it's a reasonable conclusion to come to if you're a Cowboys fan because this defense is good. CeeDee Lamb is having a great year. Dak Prescott could win the MVP. Like I said earlier, he's currently plus 150 to do so. They have the lead currently in the NFC East. They've looked the part, and people are... Over the moon excited, right? The Cowboys are back. Football in Texas is back, right? The Texas Longhorns are good. The Dallas Cowboys could win the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, Texas. It's great football. So excited. But slow down. They caught the Eagles at the perfect time on Sunday. Let's let's look at the Eagles here really quickly. The Eagles are 10-3. and three. Really impressive. But they've been blown out in their last two games. People are talking about it. People slowly pulling off of the Eagles bandwagon. So, two weeks ago, they lose to the 49ers, 42-13. Then last night, they lose to the Cowboys, 33-13. Both of these games were nationally televised. So, everybody saw it. Everybody saw how bad the Eagles looked. Everybody saw that atrocious pass defense. And all of a sudden, people were like, I don't know about the Eagles. Jeez, I don't know about this team that's won 10 games this year and has beaten multiple teams that are going to play in the playoffs. I don't... I don't really know about him. You know, Jalen Hurts, who's just having a really great year. I don't I don't really know about him. Here's the thing about the Eagles and why I say that the Cowboys caught them at the perfect time. The Eagles just finished what is going to go down as the toughest five-game stretch any team in the NFL is going to face this year. Okay, they went 3-2 and two over that five-game stretch. They beat the Cowboys 28-23 at home. They beat the Chiefs. 27-17 on the road in Arrowhead. And then they beat the Bills last week, who just beat the Chiefs, 34-37. to Then they lose their two previous games. And if you watch those games, the last two, 
the Eagles look beat up and tired. Okay, they haven't played a cupcake since they played the Commanders a month and a half ago. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have played a small birthday party's worth of cupcakes. Okay, the Cowboys were coming off another big win over a team that's not going to make the playoffs. They were much better rested. They were much healthier, and they won, and it was obvious on the field. And when we look at the Eagles and we look at the rest of their schedule, they have a good chance of winning the rest of their games. And if that happens, there's a decent chance that they're the one seed and they get a first-round bye in the playoffs. They have to play the Seahawks, then the Giants, then the Cardinals, and then the Giants again. They can easily go 4-0 there. If not, at a minimum, they're going 3-1. They're beating the Giants, the Cardinals, and then the Giants again. If they get that first-round bye, it's going to be hard to not take them to win the NFC. Because this team, they just need a week off to get healthy. Once they get healthy, they are as good as, if not better than, anybody else in that conference. And the fact that the 49ers are so heavily favored, I think, is an insult. The way that people are getting off of this Eagles bandwagon, I think, is going to cause them to play harder. Okay, Because, look, anytime a coach, especially a coach like Nick Sirianni, a fantastic motivator of men, is able to stand up in front of his guys and go, hey, nobody believes in you. Advantage to that team, especially a team like Philadelphia, who has given us all the reason in the world to believe in them. Okay, that's a really good football team. Dare I say they're still the best team in the NFC. If there's anyone who can beat the 49ers, it's them. Make no mistake about it. So, Eagles, do not sell your stock on them just yet. Give it two weeks, see how they look, see if they can see if they can get healthy for the playoffs. And if they can do that, then they're going to be in good shape. Now, let's look at the rest of the NFC. The rest of the NFC is is crazy, y'all. It's crazy. So, in the NFC, there are seven teams that are either 7-6 and six or 6-7. Six and seven. Okay, The Vikings are 7-6. and six. They currently hold the sixth seed. And then after tonight, the Packers will either be 7-6 and six or 6-7. Six and seven. They currently hold the, the seventh seed. And depending, I don't know how all the tiebreakers work for that. Either way, they're going to be in the mix. After that, all sitting at 6-7 and seven are the Rams... The Seahawks, the Buccaneers, who currently lead the AFC South, the Falcons, and the Saints. Of these six teams, the two best teams are probably the Packers and the Rams. Okay, the Vikings somehow win a game three to zero. Okay, for the it's insane. They won a game. They beat the Raiders three to zero on Sunday. That's absurd. Uh, shout out to Brian Flores, who's done a really good job with that defensive unit, despite having a lack of talent. But look, when we look at the quarterbacks, when we look at the coaching, when we look at the things that really matter. The Rams and the Packers, I just I don't know how you deny them the title of these are probably the two best teams. Um, does that mean that they're going to make the playoffs? I don't know. Probably not because, uh, you know, schedules and all those things matter. But at this point in the season, among those teams kind of fighting for those last two spots, the teams that I have been most impressed by in the NFC are the Packers and the Rams. We're going to see Jordan Love and the Packers play tonight. I think they're playing the Giants. They should win that game, and they should, you know, Hold firm in that, you know, seven slot or six. Like I said, I don't, I don't know how the tiebreakers work, so they may flip. I think they, I don't remember if they beat the Vikings earlier this year or not. But anyway, it's going to be Vikings and Packers more than likely holding that six and seven seed heading into Week 15. Um, is great. A lot of teams fighting for playoff spots. That's that's what you want. This that's what you want this late in the year. Can't wait to see how it unfolds. Once again, do not sell your stock on the Eagles. They can still make a run at the Super Bowl. We're gonna take a short break when we come back. We're going to run through all the same stuff, but with the AFC, once again, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Let's break down the AFC. The AFC is just as congested at the bottom as the NFC is, if not more so, because the teams are just better. 
on that side of the NFL in terms of conferences. But let's start with the headliner in the AFC, Bills-Chiefs. The Bills beat the Chiefs 20-17 to in what was, dare I say, the most important game of the weekend. And before we break down the entire thing, how it impacts the AFC as a whole, let's just address this. The Chiefs, or excuse me, let's address the Chiefs whining after the game. I don't know if you've seen the videos at the podium. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, both complaining about the Kadarius Tony offsides call. Uh, brought back what would have been a game-winning touchdown via a lateral from Travis Kelsey. Just an insane play. Um, so there's video of... You know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes complaining in their post-game pressers. And then there's another video of Mahomes complaining to Josh Allen at midfield while they're shaking hands. So uh, he was clearly upset. And when you see that, it's like, yeah, like once that happened, they were done. Mentally, they were toast. Okay, they thought that the call was dumb. They thought that the call was stupid. Whatever, like whatever words you want to insert there. And let me just say it. Kadarius Toney lined up offsides. He did, okay? And as much as the Chiefs want to complain and whine about it, it's the rule. It's the rule. You can't line up with your helmet, even with the defensive end's helmet. You can't line up in the neutral zone, which Kadarius Tony clearly did. Kadarius Tony is 24 years old. He has been playing football for a very, very long time. And one of the complaints I heard from, I don't remember if it was Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes, but the complaint was, they didn't tell Kadarius Tony he was offsides. What? Kadarius Tony should have known. He should have been able to turn his head sideways, look in towards the center, and realize he was offsides. Okay? He didn't pay attention to detail. And when you're playing against good teams, like the Bills, you have to pay attention to those small details. If you don't, then you lose. The Chiefs, of all teams, should know this because usually their I's are dotted and their T's are crossed. All these little minute things that stack up over the course of a game, that stack up over the course of a season, Andy Reid coach teams usually do really, really well. And this year, they haven't. Small details, drop passes, running the wrong routes, not flattening them off to create separation. It is it is why the Chiefs are eight and five and not, you know, nine and four, ten and three, like we usually would expect them to be. Okay, the small details they haven't been as good at this year. And that is why they're eight and five and they're going to play a road playoff game for the first time underneath Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are now two two games back from the Ravens and potentially the Dolphins if the Dolphins win tonight for the for the one seed which the Dolphins, they should win tonight. They're playing the Titans. Titans haven't scored 30-plus points in a game in over two years now. Okay, Since they won't be the one seed, that means the Chiefs are going to have to play a road, a road playoff game. It's the first time they're going to do that under Patrick Mahomes, which is an incredible stat in and of itself. It's also a big deal because road playoff games are not the same as playoff games at home, especially playoff games at home at Arrowhead because that is one of the best home field advantages in the National Football League. And, yeah, I just... This Chiefs team just doesn't look like a normal Chiefs team, right? They've been incapable of throwing the ball consistently, especially throwing the ball downfield. As I mentioned earlier, receivers aren't getting separation. Uh, The Rice kid, rookie, he's been good. You can tell Travis likes him. Or, excuse me, you can tell Patrick Mahomes likes him. And... But he's just... He's not ready yet. They don't have that veteran number one receiver that they can lean on, right? Like, even last year, you know, Juju Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster 
It wasn't their number one target. Like, that's always going to be Travis Kelsey. But he was an older, savvy vet, knew how to break off routes and how to just find open space. And they're really missing an older guy who can do that. Kadarius Tony hasn't been as good as he was last year. Uh, Valdez Scantling hasn't been as good as he was uh, a couple years ago. I mean, he's just – these receivers just aren't the same. And small things here and there are what have cost them costed them consistently – and they have to figure these – like, it feels like a lot of these things are fixable for the Chiefs. They just have to figure them out in order to play in another Super Bowl, right? Like, this is a team, this is a coach, this is a quarterback that can figure things out. They have a really good defense that they can lean on. They've ran the ball well consistently. They just have to figure out the passing game. And with a month left in the season, it's hard for me to sit here and say that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to figure this out at some point. Right, maybe it's week seventeen, maybe it's week eighteen, maybe it's in the wild card round of the playoffs. At some point, I expect them to figure this out because up until this point, they've given us no reason to not think that they won't. Okay, so just like the Eagles, don't sell your stock on the Chiefs yet. This is still a very good team with a very good coach and the best quarterback in the NFL. The Bills, meanwhile, still have life, which is really hard to believe. They are seven and six along with five other AFC teams. Hey, the issue, according to Tony Romo, I haven't done all the research on this yet, going strictly off of Romo's word here, is they will lose every single tiebreaker if they tie with somebody. So I still believe, just looking at the standings, a lot of teams at 7-6, and that 10 wins is going to be the mark to make the playoffs. That's what it's going to take to grab the 6 and the 7 seeds. And because the Bills will lose every single tiebreaker, that means they need 11 wins, okay? They've got five games to get 11 wins, right? They're 7-6, seven and 7-6, six, seven six, 13. There's four games left? Why am I tripping on this? There's four games left. They have to win out. Excuse me. Sorry, my math is terrible today, I guess. They have to go 4-0, oh, um, which they can do. Um, they've got to play the Cowboys at home. That's going to be a tough game, but they it's a winnable game. Right, like the Bills are good enough to beat the Cowboys. That's the thing with the Bills; they're good enough to beat anybody on any given week. The question is, are they going to? Are they going to show up? Right. So they have to play the Cowboys at home. Then they have to play the Chargers and the Patriots. They should win both of those games. Okay, you can cross that Chargers and that Patriots game off as wins. Now they just got to worry about beating the Cowboys on Sunday, and then beating the Dolphins in Week 18. There is a legitimate world where the Dolphins have clinched the one seed and they have no reason to play their starters or maybe they've clinched the two seed and they can't go up or down so they have no reason to play their starters if that happens first of all wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if Mike McDaniel pulled up yeah we made the playoffs but we don't want you guys to make the playoffs because you're our division rival card wouldn't surprise me if that happened but at the same time if they rested their guys then I think there's a real world where the Bills went out. They're, as I've said, more than capable of doing so, more than talented enough to do so. Um, the question is, are they going to show up and be consistent over the course of these next four weeks? Now, in terms of seven and six teams, um, here's who's left. The Steelers, the Colts, the Texans, and the Bengals. They're all fighting for that final spot. Uh, the Steelers and Colts currently hold the six and seven spots. They actually play on Saturday. That is a huge game in terms of who's going to make the playoffs. The Colts and Texans play Week 18. That's another big game in terms of who makes the playoffs. And the Bengals, 
I didn't think Jake Browning could have another standout performance, but he did. He looked really good against the Colts. The Bengals are now in the mix, and that defense is good. And from everything that I've seen, I know the Texans got handled pretty well on um, on Sunday by the Jets, 30-6. to I still think that them and the Bills are probably the two best teams left, especially given all the injuries at quarterback to the Steelers, the Colts, and the Bengals. Um, just like with the NFC, does that mean that the Texans and the Bills are going to make the playoffs? No, it doesn't, because as I've said, schedule matters a lot. The Colts' schedule is really, really light. It's not very hard, especially now that you know they're playing the Steelers without uh, Kenny Pickett. So we'll see what kind of ends up unfolding here. But if, if I had to make a prediction today, I think the Bills and the Texans grab those last two spots in the AFC, just like I think the Rams and the Packers grab those last two spots in the NFC. So things are coming down to the wire. I can't wait. It's just, this is one of the best times of the year, right? Christmas is here. The NFL football season is heating up. Bowl season for college football. That starts up really soon. Just college basketball is in full swing. The NBA, like, as I said, Christmas is almost here, right? So the NBA season is really about to get rolling. Um, it's just, it's a great time of year for sports. It's a great time of year for family. And I'm just, I'm very thankful for all of it. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, I'll be back again on Wednesday with another one. Like I said, you're going to do a lot of NBA stuff. Uh, missed last week's Wednesday pod, so like I said, a lot of NBA stuff. That's going to do it here for me. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and I'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs>